Okay, people, another edition of Just For Sport. Jamoke okay, Davis here with Joe Walkowski. It's NBA playoff bubble talk, Joe. I know yesterday, like me, you were just glued to the TV, enjoying in all of its glory, NBA playoff basketball. It is good to be back here watching NBA playoff basketball from my residence in New York City. Hey. I'm not in Arizona. <laughs> I'm back around the people again. We've got a lot on our agenda. I know that um, we have a lot of baggage. We have a relationship we're building here. But my fiance, the beautiful one, Gabby Garcia, she says we got to be better friends so she can spend time with Taj. <laughs> with Taj. <laughs> yeah. My little cute son. Absolutely. Yeah. Taj all day. Taj is the play. <laughs> He's uh he wants to get in on my NBA action. I had him do picks, but I decided not to post that video. But uh he likes the Raptors to win it all. He likes the Raptors. Is that the Purple Dinosaur? Is he crunching the analytics John Hollinger style? Yeah, he definitely just looks up into the sky. just like, I like, I like dinosaurs. It's Raptors. I'm like, okay. And I did again. I know I did one earlier, but uh, right before the video posting uh, to start the playoffs or the play-in game. Well, I guess it wasn't a playoffs, but the play-in game. I had him pick the play-in game. And you made me feel good. I love those little quick hits you got going because you know what? I've been playing fast and loose. I've been pretty irresponsible between you, me, and our listeners here, but <laughs> it's been working out. I've been riding big blazer money line bets all the way to the postseason. And now since we last had our pod, I've had one of my best weeks betting basketball since. Yes. 2017, and I'm sure it's about to come crashing down. Crashing down. My best day. Yesterday, I picked Van Vliet to be the top scorer. Cashed in. Cashed in. That was my big, big play yesterday. And I believe in ethical betting. I believe you want to have good karma as a gambler. And I went against my own rules yesterday, but it worked out. Yeah. Um, so... You know I love the Clippers. I know you love the Clippers. I know anyone with a beating heart and a brain that understands this game loves, loves the Los the Angeles Clippers. Yeah. And so I thought their money line was a good option last night, and I didn't get it at the beginning of the game, and they were just kicking the Mavericks all over the court. Mm-hmm. And I see Luka Doncic <laughs> rolled an ankle. Me too, me too. And then I, I buy in on this money line, not at <laughs> minus 270, not at minus 370, minus 522. What? Uh, yeah, I, I threw down. I was like, oh, Luke is out, whatever. And you know what happened. The Mavericks immediately went on a run. Within 10 minutes of placing the bet, there was a 32-point swing in the game, and I was just over here laying just on the floor that, that you can probably <laughs> see my outline in the carpet now yeah. <laughs> the other bet i played because look when luca went out and then uh well i guess at this point it didn't matter but when luca got hurt and then when when um porzingis got got thrown out of the game i thought maybe i still had a shot but i just crazily i said you know what i'm gonna put plus six thousand on tim hardaway to be the top scorer of the game it did not pan out, but it was still fun to just kind of throw money to the wind, see what happens. 
because he was having a decent game. He actually ended up being the second leading scorer for the Mavericks, but just not the uh, yeah, just not the main guy. Okay, let's start layup line. We kind of already you know we're warming up, but layup line. Alvin Gentry gets fired. It wasn't fair. I know you don't like Alvin Gentry, Joel. But he never got a full season with Zion. I just thought, come on, he needed one more, one more season. Yeah, but he never got up. a full season with Zion. And you know what? First of all, he probably never will. I don't know how many coaches are getting a full season. I mean, he's being brought into the NBA on the Kawhi Leonard plan for sure. But you know what? My issues with Alvin Gentry maybe aren't related to this year's Pelicans because there's mm -hmm. a lot of positive things that happen there. Lonzo Ball kind of affirmed his status as a rotation NBA player. Brandon Ingram became an all-star. Yeah. And Drew Holiday became like the thinking fans NBA player they overrate the most. Yeah. But yeah. he did a fine job this year. But looking through that five – he was with the Pelicans for five years – they underachieved with Anthony Davis. In this franchise, they can't afford to underachieve with Zion Williamson. They limped into the bubble. I thought they were the most talented of the teams on the outside looking in. Yeah. And they didn't, they didn't look like a cohesive professional basketball team whatsoever. So did I, I would be curious who made the decision to say we have to put a minutes restriction on Zion because as we said since we started doing this NBA pod that I think that was a big mistake and if they had let them just play they may actually be that team playing the Lakers right now and it's unfortunate that they're not because it, it, it's a top-down organizational effort in the Pelicans they're not an NBA team like the Dallas Mavericks or the Utah Jazz or the Boston Celtics are an NBA franchise. Mm -hmm. The New Orleans Pelicans, they're the side piece to the New Orleans Saints. Same ownership group. We had the issue where they were having football doctors do basketball exams. Yeah. And I yeah. don't really think I trust the current state of this franchise to develop an athlete as unique and potentially game-changing is Zion mm -hmm. Williamson. I, I meant to talk about this two weeks ago with you in regards to Luka Doncic. Mm -hmm. But I think, like, look back at how the Golden State Warriors created their dynasty. The first step of that was creating Steph, the ideal body for him to thrive as an NBA superstar. The New Orleans, Pel New Orleans Pelicans disregarded that same thing. You could tell that Zion is in charge of his own training and he just doesn't seem like he's ready to be the best Zion. Mm -hmm. I think if you talk about top down, that's the one thing that I agree with you. I think it is top down, but then it would say that that was David Griffin's decision, not Alvin Gentry's to give him a minutes restriction. And if, if, if Alvin Gentry had Zion at the end of the game, that first game in the bubble when they lost, who knows how this team may have been different moving forward. They started off the bubble on the wrong foot, and it just went downhill from there. The only team to me that was worse are the Wizards, who got the last win of the bubble just to yeah. not be the only team not to get a win. But. And even the Wizards, like, you have positives about that. Like, you, if I'm a Wizards fan, I see how they have, like, a couple of pretty interesting five-man rotations that they can trot out next season. 
But with Alvin Gentry and the Pelicans, he didn't get fired for this, this postseason. He was bad in New Orleans. He was bad in Phoenix. He was bad for the Los Angeles Clippers. And even as a 12-year-old boy, I knew he was a bad coach for the Detroit Pistons. <laughs> it always comes back to Detroit. Always comes always. back to Detroit. Always. Let's stick with Detroit. I'm going to flip the rundown a little bit since you brought it up. Joe Dumars is now the VP of Basketball Operations for the Sacramento Kings. How exciting does that make you to not have the flopper and Vladi Divac, who made flopping popular in the NBA, he was a flop as the head of the Sacramento Kings organization. Yeah, he was a flop, but we're going to talk about the instability of the Pelicans while blaming the GM of the Kings for anything. Like, <laughs> dog, Vivek Ranadive, awesome business person, but... You know what? We uh, have seen some pretty crazy things from him. He's trying out the four-on-five lineups that he tested in his daughter's eighth-grade basketball games. <laughs> Meanwhile, every other team is a billion-dollar asset. I'm excited to see Joe Dumars get a second chance. I'm excited for it. It's kind of like the situation he inherited with Detroit. It's yeah. kind of hopeless. This thing will never look good. So it's a great situation for Joe to get a second chance and uh, nobody tell him that Ben Gordon's a free agent right now, okay? <laughs> <laughs> You're going back in the memory books for that one. Uh, let's talk about Donovan Mitchell. I don't think they will win the series against the Denver Nuggets. But his 57 Chevy performance was amazing. Third most points scored in NBA playoff history. What did you think watching that game? And how sad was it to have such a great performance? And they still lose. It was wonderful. And, like, you can see that he's really behind the eight ball with this Jazz team, especially carrying the offense like – I think Boyan Bogdanovich is probably one of the more underappreciated assets going right now in mm. terms of shot creation, just a pure offensive player. I know he did some great work for your Washington Wizards, but um, to see Mitchell handed the keys and respond like that, I thought it was the dollar store version of <laughs> Allen Iverson against the Lakers in 2001. <laughs> oh, my, the dollar store version. Yeah, well, I mean, we always look for the next Iverson, and I think Donovan Mitchell is probably the closest thing we've seen. He yeah. uses his athleticism to not only get to the hoop, but to create these kind of weird pull-ups mm -hmm. that nobody else in the league does. And the dude's tiny. Like, yeah. he's an athletic freak in a small frame, and... I can't wait to see where he goes when he decides Utah is not the place for him. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if that does happen. I mean, I mean, we don't want Draymond Green already got fined for saying Devin Booker shouldn't be in Phoenix. I feel like if he was still on the TNT show, he would most surely say that Donovan Mitchell may need to get out of Utah. The thing for me that I didn't quite get watching that game is how did you put Joe Ingles on Jamal Murray? Like, that was the biggest mismatch, and he torched them. He torched them. Yeah, I mean, if that's the case, why is Royce O'Neal even on the roster? Royce O'Neal is about the textbook player you would want to trot out against 
you know, a, a player like Jamal Murray. And I get, I can, I can forgive Quinn Snyder under the thinking that Jamal Murray was coming back from injury mm-hmm. and maybe not the player he, he coming in 100%. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I, let, let me ask you this question. Yeah. Let's, let's put on your, your, your character hat. You're a Denver Nuggets fan. You're living in Colorado. You're a snowboarder. You like that okay. legal kush. Yep, yep, yep. For the next 10 years. Yeah. You, you could pick one. Nikola Jokic or Michael Porter Jr.? Ooh, and you can only pick one? Yeah, only one's a nugget for the next decade. Wow. I think I'm going with Jokic. And I think the reason I would pick Jokic is I think he has shown more of an ability to be – a big man that can shoot from the outside, post you up. He has the best hands for any big man in the NBA. And if you wanted to, you could give him the ball and he could be a big point guard like Magic Johnson and could run the offense. That's I love the Joker. And I think Michael Porter is Jr. is more of a scorer, which is great. But I think Jokic has a much better all-around game. Yeah, I think you're right. But I think it's closer than anyone would realize. Like, Michael Porter's ceiling, I know he's probably only been in the – played like 25 meaningful games, but he yeah. could be the go-to scorer on a championship team. That, that's his upside. Yeah. And Jokic, he makes everyone a little bit better. And it's interesting that you praise his hands because, like, I'm watching that Grizzlies-Blazers game – on Saturday, I'm following the Jamoke pick. And then I Nurkic is playing a great game. The story about his grandmother passing is beautiful. Even my fiance is tearing up. But man, his hands were terrible in that game. Could not grab an entry pass, could not grab a rebound to save his life. I mean, I'm talking about these big money line bets I've had with Portland. Yeah, Watching yeah. that team grab an offensive rebound has taken years off my life. (laughs) I was so disappointed. Memphis should not have been that close. That game should not have been that close. They are a much better talented team than that. But I think it goes to show that maybe I'm giving them too much uh, props. Too many props for Portland because their games are just way too close. And I I don't like that. Like, they should have taken care of business with Memphis. And they didn't. I mean, they won, so I guess they did, but not in terms of my picks. Yeah, and Memphis, I think sometimes an NBA player, because players are brands right now. They become these kind of all-consuming personas. In Memphis, a lot of their good players are just a little too anonymous. You're telling me we wouldn't have a higher opinion of Kyle Anderson and Dylan Brooks if they had cooler names? Yeah, okay. (laughs) That's <laughs> that perspective is definitely true. Because let me tell you something: the coolest name in the league right now might be John ja Morant. Like that name just works. It works. Yeah. Apologies to Shake Milton, but yeah, John ja Morant is up there for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm going with Ja. I mean, you can't get wrong with that. I guess Zion. People say that, but his last name doesn't work. Williamson. It's just Williamson alone. I keep wanting to say Zion Williams. It's like, nope. You got to add the son. O-N to the end of it, it just just doesn't work as well. 
it's all worth it if we get the crossover with my childhood pastor, Marianne Williamson. She might be the only one who can actually infuse the Pelicans with positive energy. Like, she wants to heal the country. I think healing the Pelicans could be a good training wheels exercise for yeah. her. <laughs> the, uh, the, the Pelicans, it's going to be a long road for them if Zion is not 100% and plays 82 games. Because I think what's going to happen is it's going to constantly be whose team is it? Is it Zion's? Is it Brandon Ingram's? How do we run the offense? I, I just, I don't know. I think it's going to be tough for them if they don't have some consistency, but I'd love to see it. What I also love to see is a draft lottery. It gives you that early indication of who's going to get that number one pick, who's going to have a, a franchise changing player come on to their team. And it just seems wrong, wrong that one of those teams is Golden State. Golden State's no joke. Come on. They would be one of the favorites to win the NBA championship, and now they get to potentially get the number one pick. Them, along with Cleveland and Minnesota, have a 14% chance of getting the number one pick. Atlanta's behind them at 12.5. Then you've got your team, Detroit Pistons, at 10.5. My Wizards are all the way down at 4.5. What do you think, Joel? Um no matter how this pick shakes out, I will be betting on the Golden State Warriors to win the Western Conference next season. This year, it's all about the LeBron and Kawhi stories. We've got a great narrative that we've been building since 2016, and it's paying off next year. We're going to see Brooklyn. We're going to see Warriors, and it doesn't matter who the pick is. The Warriors are as good as any other Western team if they trade it for Mario Hazonia. <laughs> <laughs> Mario Hazonia, no way. Listen, listen, I don't want to see Mario Hazonia on that team because he probably will. No matter who you have on that team, like you say, he's going to be successful. The player I'm scared of them getting, not Anthony Edwards, not LaMelo Ball, Obi Toppin. I think he is the great player in this upcoming draft. And if Golden State gets him, they're going to be set for the next, what, 10 years maybe? I mean, aren't they already set by being the team, like, for yeah. thinking enough to do the Andrew Wiggins reclamation project? Like, it's not about the players all the time. A lot of the times, the player goes to the wrong franchise and there is a weird culture fit. And who has Minnesota ever developed to the top of their ability level they're not denver where every guy's maximum reaching their ceiling andrew wiggins is going to learn how to be an adult learn how to be a basketball player and he will become a version of the player he was supposed to be yeah i mean it's amazing i, I think even when we think about um players that have either gone to the wizards or left the wizards it was always about they need a culture change they need a change of scenery and I think it doesn't always work out that way, but Andrew Wiggins is definitely one that may thrive with the change of scenery, especially because you have Steve Kerr, who is, in my mind, the greatest coach, if not right just right now, because I'm sure all the Red Albert fans are going to say, no way, he's the greatest coach of all time, maybe Pat Riley. But I think Steve Kerr, coming from playing with Michael Jordan, playing four, and then being a part of uh, the coaching tree, so to speak, of Greg Popovich, I just, you can't go wrong with Steve Kerr. And he's going to develop 
the players the right way. They're going to be able to flourish in his system. And Obi Toppin will flourish just as much as Andrew Wiggins is about to flourish. And yeah, like any of these top six picks, like I think you can probably any every all these franchises, they probably have them ranked differently. It's that kind of a draft. Mm-hmm. But anyone who goes to Golden State will be successful. You can put Obi Toppin in there as like, gosh, it is just such an obvious Kenyon Martin comparison. Yeah. But I kind of like the idea I they love get. Kenyon Martin. Absolutely. Like, there is something to be said for this guy's a really great third best player on a contending team. Yeah. And I get what you're saying. I would, if I'm the Warriors, I probably go Anthony Edwards as like a second unit shot creator because that guy has the highest ceiling. And I, I just think we're a better run basketball team than anyone else. And then it's like, we did the D'Angelo Russell trade. And we have Andrew Wiggins, and now we have D'Angelo Russell, too. Yeah. So that's the only reason why I would say no to Anthony Edwards, because you've already got Clay Thompson. You've got uh, – you're going to sign him to the fran- – he's a franchise, right? He and Steph are the franchise. And I just don't know if you ever really want to mess with that, unless in their mind, something in the back of their mind is saying, hey, we got to think about the future. Clay just may not be the same. And maybe we're going to have to look to trade him and put Anthony Edwards in there. That's my only way I would see that working out. If not, you have an opportunity to plug a player in in a position that is your weakness, which is power forward. Could you imagine that lineup? If you had Obi Toppin, you could put him at power forward or you could make him at center, right? And then you still have uh, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, come on. And then you can plug and play that fourth spot. You can go small ball or big ball from there, right? Anthony Wiggins, if you want to, what? You're completely right. I think I am too, just because the framework is so good. It's like, who's going to slot in with Draymond, Wiggins, Clay, and Curry? You can't really go wrong there. I pick Anthony Edwards just because – Clay's amazing. There's a lot of things he does better than any other shooting guard. He's still probably a below average ball handler and shot creator. So having that as the second unit, like, I think that'll go a long way for him. Well, no after, wrong way to do it. Yeah, after this draft lottery, you and I will put our, our money, money on. We'll go to Props Network, find the best, the best uh, odds we can get. You go with Anthony Edwards. I go with Obi Toppin. Let's see what happens. I don't know, man. Just to our listeners, don't be betting on the NBA draft this year because think about the weird obsessions that you as an individual took on during quarantine. I know I watched 11 seasons of Survivor. I know I play Settlers of Catan online 24-7. The same is true for these NBA GMs. They're talking themselves into some weird prospects, and they're going to go ways that we don't anticipate. Yeah. You're right about that. You asked me if I have any draft lottery advice. My draft lottery advice is if you have a representative who can go for you, uh, I know uh, if you have the equivalent of Dan Gilbert's son, Nick Gilbert, who, if I'm correct, three of the four years that he went to the draft lottery, they got the number one pick. Uh, If there was an opportunity for you to have that equivalent, because I know that unfortunately – you know, Nick Gilbert may not be able to go this year, 
But if you have the opportunity in Golden State or to be able to have someone go, uh, Minnesota, I can't think of who that might be, then that's who you have go to the draft. Because if Nick Gilbert's there, Cleveland will get the number one pick. But we all know that the Gilbert family, the parent company, Rocket Mortgage, Quicken Loans, they yeah. just went public. It's not going great for them. So I think the family is going to be a little bit more concerned with that than the draft lottery. You're going to see some other Gilbert child come. Nick's going to be out there with the stock certificates, putting his good karma on them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, a team that needs some good karma. And they had some in the bubble, but it didn't quite last long enough, is the Phoenix Suns. My heart goes out to them. Monty Williams' final speech, you know, to the team after they went 8-0 was amazing. I wanted them to get that spot. And they just couldn't pull it off. It was Dame time. Dame time again. But they didn't play Dame. They didn't lose to Dame. True. And, and they were clearly better than three of the teams participating in this postseason. You know, they're better than Orlando, Brooklyn. Are they better than Portland? Maybe. Mm. Are they better than Utah? Maybe. And why is it always the Suns who are getting screwed over by this? They had that wonderful year, I think four <laughs> years back, where they had the three-point guard lineup. They won 48 games which and didn't make the playoffs. They would have been a three-seed in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Steve Nash yeah. is getting suspended. Amari and uh, Raja Bell get suspended for key games. The mm -hmm. Suns are the most snake-bit franchise in NBA history. Shaq had to throw it in Charles Barkley's face about not beating the Bulls when Charles was like, we could have won. We were up six with two points, with two minutes to go. He's like, yeah, but you didn't. You didn't. That's the bottom line. And even in that, where's the heartbreak? Kevin Johnson was an amazing postseason player who went to – who was a shell of himself in that series, could yeah. not go under the lights, thankfully went to be a mayor in Sacramento and just be as corrupt as anyone who ever lived. That's a shame. It's just yeah. – it's sad. And Phoenix, let's hope that they have – the sun will rise for Phoenix this next season. Uh, let's but, talk about the – go ahead. But just while we're here, while we're on the Suns, I'm sorry, I think I offended you with the Kevin Johnson joke. No, you but, did, um, you did, you did. Wouldn't it be the most Phoenix thing in the world for everyone to get all excited about this team and they just regress next year? Yeah, we're, it would be. We're, we're going to have the same Devin Booker conversations in January because, like, this team needed to get the eight seed. They can't go an entire offseason with smoke being blown up their yeah. butt. The, the culture's good, weak. The good thing for Phoenix is you can put your money on it right now. The NBA will be in the bubble next season. And if the bubble is what does it for Phoenix, then good for them because they're going to be in the bubble again. And we're going to have a full bubble season. Well, I'd like to say we have a full bubble season, but I guess you do have to get the MBPA to approve it. But I, just the way this pandemic is going, I don't know if you can have a season without it starting in January. Man, I've been a season ticket holder. I've sat courtside. I love NBA games more than anything. Put the whole thing in the bubble. I don't care. This is just as good. I'll yeah. take the social media account over sitting courtside. <laughs> it's a, so that, that fun.
We gotta get we gotta get our virtual seats. That's what we'd have to try to do. We have to. Come on, money yeah. man Sam. Get okay. us in there. I'll be okay. rocking my clippers. You'll be rocking I think I don't know who your team is. I guess they'll just put a wizard's thing on you. Yeah, well I was trying to think how I can get in. I think I would get in Raptors. I'll go Raptors. I could be I could uh we are the north for for uh, a series. I'll try to get in there. It's time to have a serious conversation about your bookies and illegal offshore betting sites. You can get rid of them now. Cut ties. Legal sportsbooks have a better user experience, more promos, bigger signing bonuses, and you know your money is safe. Where do you find a legal sportsbook in your state? At thepropsnetwork.com, of course. The Props Network only ranks regulated U.S. sportsbooks, and it's also where you'll find the best available bonuses to start using them. Plus, you'll get great content from real media pros like me on Just for Sport. So when Legal Betty comes to your state, make sure your first stop is at PropsNetwork.com. Remember, it's 21 and over to bet. Do you or someone you know have a gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER today. Now, back to Just for Sport. All right, now let's talk about the teams that are actually in the playoffs. Someone will get their bubble burst as we talk about predictions. Let's start with the Eastern Conference. Milwaukee, Orlando, if you want the Magic, you could get them at plus 1,600. And the Bucs are at minus 10,000. Come on, Joel. We're both calling sweep on this one, right? We're calling sweep. And, you know, I've talked about my irresponsible money line plays. I placed one seconds before we went on the pod bucks first half money line 475 to win 100 they played terrible in this break you know they're coming out swinging and if not my good week will be over in about 20 minutes so i'm okay with it (laughs) see the funny thing is you talk about coming out swinging I thought for sure that the Clippers came out swinging on Dallas, and then it kind of evened out. I don't think the Magic are quite there. As I talked about my little quick 60-second predictions for this series, all of the Magic is inside of Giannis. He's just amazing. He's great, and he has something to prove because the bubble has not gone well for the Bucks. I know that they're a team that can score 12 points in two minutes like it's nothing, They hit a gear that other teams can't manage. And I haven't seen that out of them yet. So I expect the the Orlando Magic to be the warm-up for those kind of proceedings. Okay, Uh, next series, Toronto versus Brooklyn. You can get the Nets at plus 3,000 to win the series. The Raptors at minus 10,000 as well. Nobody's picking the Nets, but I do not think it will be a sweep. I think that Karis LeVert, can get the Nets to one win? Um, nah, I'm not. I don't think so. I hey. think that the jig is up on the likable, the joy de vivre Brooklyn Nets. There's some good stories. There's a great energy to them. But the fact is, in that Toronto Nets series, doesn't Toronto have seven of the eight best players on the floor? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they do. They do. <laughs> It's, Lowry, Van Vliet, Siakam, Gasol, Ibaka, Lavert, Anunobi. Yeah, Anunobi. I mean, whoo. Okay, you're right. Uh, yeah, Boston, Philly. Uh, I've got Boston winning 4-2. I think they can do it. You can get the Sixers at plus 600. 
and the Celtics at minus a thousand. But I was sweating that game yesterday, Joel. I was like, I don't know. But maybe Philly's got more of a shot than I thought. Mm, I was never sweating that game. The the Sixers, they have a shot in this series if they can coalesce behind Joel Embiid. I still didn't see them just kind of just lining up and putting the whole team on his back like I feel they need to. A little too yeah. much Al Horford and Tobias Harris for my liking, but great to see Josh Richardson back playing a meaningful role. Yeah. Do you think, do you think Gordon Hayward's injury will change the series, though? I mean, if, if he's out or even not 100%, you know, maybe this is a thing where it could swing in Philly's favor. Maybe it goes seven games and you never know. Yeah. How bad is the injury? I guess we'll wait and see, right? I mean, I don't know it to be that bad, but, you know, I guess, you know, they'll make some kind of evaluation today. But, you know, it's day-to-day right now is what I'm hearing. Yeah, and it's a sprain on a very injured area. And being someone who's kind of – come back from lower leg trauma to win basketball titles, something Gordon Hayward hasn't done. No. Um, (laughs) You know, I worry about him. Like, the Celtics, they're kind of like the Patriots in terms of the next man up mentality. Yeah. You can beat them without Gordon Hayward. They have Ben Simmons sitting out. So I think it's more of an even match now. And as long as you got those interchangeable wings – I don't think Philly has an answer for it. Okay. Uh, Gordon did leave the game on crutches, getting an MRI today, so we'll see. Indiana, Miami. Now that's the series I want to see. I am excited for the drama, but, but a little bit of the drama was taken away in my book when Miami wiped the floor with the Pacers during the regular season in the bubble, so to speak. But I still have Indiana uh, losing to Miami 4-2 in the series. Yeah, and like maybe there would be an argument for Indiana, but without Sabonis, with Oladipo not at 100%, I don't think they can go toe-to-toe with this Miami team that just can play any style of basketball. And I think that's true of the Pacers as well. But it's just like the same teams, but I like the coaching staff and the character of the Miami Heat so much more than Nate McMillan, who's gotten much better over the past, his Indiana like, yeah. regime, yeah. like tenure. Yeah. Uh, you can get the Heat at minus 335 and the Pacers at plus 250. Let's go to the Western Conference. We'll start with the Los Angeles Lakers versus the Portland Trailblazers. Portland Trailblazers, you can get them at plus 365 and the Lakers at minus 500. I've got the Lakers winning, but in seven games. Seven games, what do you think? I think you got to learn from your past mistakes. (laughs) And in my young days as a gambler, I would have ridden these Portland Trailblazers and really just found a way to just keep riding them. The Cinderella story's over. Like, Damian Lillard was unable to really walk at the end of those games. C.J. McCollum has a broken bone in his back. They're meeting Anthony Davis and LeBron James. I don't – and you know what? Those guys have something to prove right now. 
I don't think they can match the physicality of the Lakers. I have them taking it in five. Yeah, I, I guess in my mind also hearing even LeBron James say, hey, there's no home court advantage. I think Dame Lillard has really been very comfortable in the bubble, has played exceptionally well last three games, averaged, what, 51 points a game? Uh, it's just before the playing game. He's just been amazing, and I, I guess in my mind, I kind of want to see more of it. So I'm like willing a better series out of it than thinking the Lakers will be very close to sweeping yeah, and Portland, the floor with Portland. I'm going to stop my video again. I'm going to start it back again. Um, yeah, I don't think either team will be able to stop each other from scoring. They pound those overs. Dame and CJ will get theirs, but if it becomes a tight game, like it seems like AD and Braun are automatic two points whenever they want in this series. So yeah. it's hard for me to go against that. Okay. Clippers, Dallas, they played game one yesterday. You've got the Mavericks at plus 600. The Clippers at minus 1,000. I think the Clippers will win four to two. I think the return of Harrell really helps the Clippers. You know, they, they haven't had their full lineup their entire time in the bubble, and now they have it. But, but I was surprised how close the game was that Dallas really showed up. Yeah, and I think um... – I think there might be a sweep here, actually, with all the respect in the world to the wow. Dallas Mavericks, with respect to Luca and Porzingis and Tim Hardaway Jr., who's been fantastic. I just think when it gets to the point where the second unit lineups are out there, mm -hmm. that the Clippers are going to dominate that time on the court. And I do think Luca and KP can have those starting fives play to a tee, but I think they're going to be in like a 10 to 15 point hole just mm -hmm. between those second unit matchups throughout the entire series. Man, another sweep. You got all of these sweeps going on. Well, uh, I mean, I think we're going to have some great series here, but I think it's going to, some of them are going to be a little bit one-sided. We're going to be longing for the seating games by this weekend. <laughs> like, those were fun. Those were stakes. Yeah. <laughs> Denver, Utah. How about this? You can get the Jazz at plus 360 or the Nuggets at minus 480. I thought that they would be a little bit closer. I think they're a little more even than even I'm giving them credit for, but I still think Denver will win it four, four and two. Yeah, and I think, um, I think Denver will win, but this will be the Donovan Mitchell show. I think he can absolutely be the best player on the court in this series. And we talk about people getting underrated because of their boring names. What's a more boring name than Donovan Mitchell? <laughs> I actually like Donovan, but uh, the name too. But the thing for me is if you score 57 and you still can't win, something's not right there. Either the rest of the team isn't showing up or they, they just don't have the will to get over the hump. And I think the Nuggets are just too balanced of a team. No, it was the latter. The rest of the team didn't show up. <laughs> Conley's out of the state. Bogdanovich yeah. isn't there. Interesting piece of Boyan Bogdanovich trivia. He is the person in NBA history. He's the only person for their career high to also be their jersey number. 44, baby. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So now it never, definitely never changes number. Uh, yeah, I, I just – it's going to be Denver all the way. Let's go to next series, Houston, Oklahoma City, the next best 
matchup that I want to see if it wasn't for the fact that Russell Westbrook isn't playing and who knows when he will play because there is no one that probably wants to play in this series more than Russell Westbrook. So the fact that he is not going means it's more serious than what even the team wants to allude to. But you can get the Thunder at plus 120 and the Rockets at minus 148. Yeah, and I think the strained quad is a bit of a problem when you're forced to be uh, 6'3 in the team's big man. So <laughs> that might be a hard recovery for Russell. Like, hey, uh, we need you to be our secondary ball handler and grab 10 rebounds no, a game. Yeah. Maybe the 31-year-old body isn't holding up through that experience. I don't know. Either way, we're going to be bummed after this, this series. Who deserves better than James Harden? Who deserves better than Chris Paul? We're NBA guys. These guys are going down in history as punchlines. Our kids, they're clowning on these chokers 20 years from now, and they both deserve better. Why can't both teams win this series? Yeah, the thing for me is I think that it's going to go seven. I think Houston will get the edge there. Maybe they'll get Westbrook back by then. In my mind, I, the weird matchup is a small ball versus Steven Adams. What is that going to do in terms of, will Oklahoma City want to play more like Houston, or will Houston end up having to go bigger if Steven Adams is able to not so much dominate with points, but getting rebounds, controlling the boards on the offense and the defensive side? But I have a problem with Chris Paul. He's that always means you're called. actually an NBA player. <laughs> <laughs> He's always called the point god, but yet there are so many point guards that have gone farther than him and taken their team farther in the playoffs than Chris Paul. The only time he got to the Western Conference Finals was with who? Two James Harden. Ago. James Harden. He's not the point god if he can't get his team to the championship game. It's time to stop thinking about that. And, but I will say I was surprised overall that he could get Oklahoma City where he did. Yeah, but there's a, he, he's getting a little bit too much credit for this. Like Chris Paul for my money, maybe the third best point guard of all time. And a lot of those collapses, like they beat the Warriors two years ago and got horrific bad luck. They mm-hmm. beat the Rockets six years ago and got horrific bad luck. Chris Paul is snake bit. And it's just karma from him being the most unlikable player in the, in the league today. <laughs> James Harden, I don't know what it is. James, yeah. he's just, he, maybe you're just G- George Gervin 2.0 and that'll be your legacy. Chris Paul needs this. This series can switch his legacy over in, in a really interesting way. It really can. And, and if he can't do that, then I will, even though it's not the Western Conference Finals five, I will give up. I will give him that point point God title. I will do that. Um, yeah, okay, he, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, let's go to pick and props. Joe, you had a big Blazers win and series parlays. Tell me how your weekend went. My weekend went great. I started the playoffs yesterday, five and zero. Oh. And my favorite bet, and you can probably get in on this now, and I'd maybe even go a little juicier, that's a series parlay. We know the Raptors are a lock. We know the Bucks are a lock. I think the Celtics are in that category. And then we'll make the bet, the thing that'll make us money, we'll go the Miami Heat. That's like plus 115 odds. 
Yeah. And I think I kind of like that. I'm bullish on it. I threw the Blazers wad onto that right now. And just for these series, I would recommend betting the Indiana-Miami series and the Oklahoma-Houston series in-game. There's going to be a lot of wild swings in that. Houston loves to come back. Miami loves to come back. This is the template for in-game betting. Yeah. Like, these teams shoot a lot of threes. They're balanced, and it's going to go back and forth. Get that plus money on both sides of the action. Get the Rockets plus 250. <laughs> it's going to be easy. See, I'd like to hear that from you because, for me, the sexiest bet is predicting the series. But it seems like what you're saying, the more excitement, though, because it's long-term, you're waiting for two weeks to, to find out who, if you're going to win that. You know, these little in-game bets, you know, betting in the third quarter or fourth quarter or who's going to make a run, which in the NBA they say everybody makes a run, is going to make exciting. I mean, today, starting at 1.30, we've got basketball for four games. We're going to be watching for almost 12 hours. Nothing but basketball coverage is going to be exciting. And there's a lot of betting in there. Yeah, and they, they did a good job making the matchups get more intriguing as the day goes on. Get those chores out of the way early so you can just lay back and have a nice day of it. Yeah, okay. Uh, your general process for betting NBA playoff series, uh, has it always been this way? Or no. over time, learning how you want to bet? Yeah, I think with betting individual games in an NBA series – we, we've watched this before. There's templates for how they play out. So if a team loses game one, backs against the wall, and eh, maybe take the points with them in game two. You're going to see where the leverage is and just go with that leverage. It's probably a good way to play these postseasons. Mm -hmm. Everything's equal. Is there a go-to prop bet on the game day that you go with? um prop bet on a game day i think it kind of changes like game to game like you're not what you want it changes you want to bet in the context of the series mm -hmm. so right now if i look at what's happening i'm gonna go donovan mitchell he's very tired i'll probably go under on donovan mitchell points tomorrow wow okay but, well, I mean, he had so many touches. The offense ran through him the entire time. Yeah. So, so now they're going to switch it up, and they're going to say we need more balanced scoring to actually get a win. Yeah, and just from, a, from the perspective of having a body that needs to recover in 48 hours to have peak performance, yeah. that's a lot to ask for. If you made it all the way through this podcast so far, I really appreciate it. But if you want to check out picks – um, I, I've enjoyed doing them on Twitter, Insta, and TikTok, trying to get them all in in 60 seconds. But the one pick I haven't done that we're going to talk about now is the NBA Finals MVP. How can you pick that now, Joel? It's too early, but I feel like you've already have your pick in mind, and I've got to think of someone already. And I'm, I'm telling you, I have that pick now. I had that pick back in March, dude. As soon as the lockdown went happened, I was like, that is my dude. I'm going Paul George for finals MVP. You know what? I think he is one of the 15 NBA players that matter. And moreover, we've seen some chicanery with awarding the NBA finals MVP before. 
Yeah. It yeah. doesn't always go where it should go. And I don't think the NBA media is going to let Kawhi Leonard have a better resume than LeBron James by the time oh! he turns 30. Wow. So a little conspiracy to keep LeBron's legacy intact. They're going to vote against Kawhi Leonard. And that's why you hedge your bets with Paul George. Yeah, I think so. And I think George is, look, the way that guy hits threes, the way it defends, it's all so technical and just, it's kind of aesthetically beautiful to watch Paul George play basketball. And assuming they go head to head, beat the Lakers and they beat the Bucks or Celtics. Yeah, yeah. Paul George is going to have to be awesome for that to happen. Like he'll be taking out a signature wing score and probably giving him 25 to 30 per game. So hearing you you say that reminds me of the fact that uh, Nicki Minaj and Cardi B have nothing on Paul George with their WAP song. Because WAP really stands for wet as Paul because it shot so beautiful, right? Yeah, and they probably um, blow off steam in the same places. <laughs> Paul George's shot is so beautiful, as you talked about. Like, okay, I- I'm going to go with Paul, too. I think I'm yeah, going to follow no- you. Oh, have I talked you into it? So, yeah, it- yeah. Man, I've been proselytizing the Clippers this entire podcast. That is my MO. I think I'm going to go with it. But if I had to hedge my bets on a – Eastern Conference team winning it, and let's say it was the Celtics, you can get Jason Tatum at plus 2,500. I mean, what other team in, in the East do you think is going to get there? If you want to say Toronto, you can go Pascal Siakam at 2,700, Cal Lowry at 2,700. And I, I think Miami can get there. I don't think Miami can beat any of the teams they would see from out West, but yeah. they match up very well with all their Eastern counterparts. Like, they're going to go toe-to-toe with anybody. Yeah. You can, if you wanted to, Jimmy Butler at plus 5,000. Giannis is at plus 260, so not much there. Nah, Jimmy Butler, the, the, the Heat would get, would get there, and they'd probably go down in five, maybe six games. But yeah. what a story. And, like, dang, can you imagine, like, they were really linked to Chris Paul before he went to OKC. That was the destination. Mm-hmm. If Chris Paul was on this team – Yeah, yeah, who knows, who knows? Although the rookies have done well for the Heat. Last second shots. Let's first talk about this video. I don't know if you've had a chance to see it, where Spider Mitchell, that's Donovan Mitchell, was spied by Jamal Murray sitting down by himself in the bubble, and Jamal Murray is laughing. Uh, I just, it seems awkward. The players seeing each other after the game is like, look who I see sitting there. Drop 57 on us. Ha, ha, ha. What'd you think of that video? It seems like the whole draft class is kind of clowning on Donovan Mitchell. Like a couple days before Donovan posted a video of Jalen Brown just watching him from across (laughs) the quad, just sitting in a hot tub staring. Like, I don't know. It seems like... You can tell by these, the way these guys interact, who is beloved in Donovan Mitchell. Like, even from the day he came into the league, I feel like our, his reputation in basketball circles was never commensurate with his accomplishments because the dude beat Russell Westbrook as a rookie. Mm-hmm. The dude got jobbed for rookie of the year to Ben Simmons. Like, he's one of the great ones. We should treat him as such. 
Do you think it's because players want to be like him? Maybe. Uh, maybe. I think it's also Utah. And I think it's just like point guards have been so good in Utah forever. Like, it's kind of like, let's say the Green Bay Packers, they cut ties with Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love is mm-hmm. a great mm-hmm. quarterback. It won't happen. I pray it doesn't happen. But then it, it's not like Jordan Love is a great quarterback. It's like, oh, the Packers have another one. And that's yeah. the case with Donovan Mitchell in Utah. They had Stockton. They had Duran Williams. And there's just been great, like, point guard play in that team going back to 1983. Of course he's not going to get the credit he's due. Yeah. Okay, a person who should get the credit they are due for shutting down the acquaintances uh, to be able to come into the bubble, Anna Maya. Now no players can bring their acquaintances in the bubble if they have not met them before and only know them as an Instagram person. The wives can come in. The girlfriends of six months or more can come in, but uh, casual acquaintances cannot. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, we can't have hoes in the bubble. No (laughs) way. There needs to be a vetting process. Like, I don't know about you. I'm a a comedian. I've been on the road. I I know the way being alone in a hotel room makes me stir crazy. (laughs) But yeah, if I'm a millionaire athlete who's won the genetic lottery even more than i already have let's be honest <laughs> i'm i'm gonna cause some trouble and like these players are already getting stir crazy it's been a month it's the this first round is when things could hit go haywire we just have to get through the through this next two weeks and then we have only the eight well-run competent adult franchises left to worry about yeah I'm just curious uh, what that means for all of the uh, family members that have to go and self-quarantine for two weeks before they're even allowed in. And I hope this doesn't mean that the bubble gets burst and then we find out about somebody getting COVID. You know, especially when you think about asymptomatic people who don't really test positive and then all of a sudden, two weeks later, they do. And it's like, oh, sorry. Let's hope that's not the case. Yeah, and can you imagine self-quarantining for two weeks to watch an Orlando Magic game? That seems like <laughs> hell. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to do it. Jimmy Butler is doing the most amazing thing ever. He's not only, well, he's already a millionaire. He's got all the money he needs. But he is selling his own coffee. He's a barista in the bubble. Here we go. There's no IOUs. A small coffee is $20. A medium coffee is $20. A large coffee is $20. He's got latte, cappuccino, Americano, espresso, red eye, mocha, macchiato, cafe au lait, pour over. No IOUs, cash only. What size coffee do you need, Joel, to make it through this podcast? Man, I'm getting a latte just to see what Jimmy Butler's latte art looks like i know it says americano latte whatever but reading the stories i'm a diehard coffee snob i start every day with a four shot oat milk latte jimmy if you can make that twenty dollars is what it's worth so more power to you my friends 
I wonder how much cash he's going to come away with if, if he'll maybe do an Instagram video where he'll, where he'll show his stacks. And if, but, any, if any NBA players are listening right now, don't get the coffee. We all just watched <laughs> The Last Dance. We learned about what happened when the pizza was delivered. You don't think Jimmy Butler, the guy who doesn't care about being like the most competitive dude in the NBA, who's he cares less about relationships than anyone. You don't think he's going to throw a little X-lax in there before <laughs> game seven? Yeah, right. He are going to win the title because of a barista. It's a beautiful thing. The good thing is that the Indiana Pacers, my guess is TJ Warren is not showing up for coffee. But my thing is Jimmy is such a, uh, a student of the game. He's probably hoping that the NBA will hire him to be a barista for the rest of the playoffs through the finals. So even if he gets eliminated, he's got a job and a reason to sit there and watch NBA basketball up close in the bubble. Yeah, and, you know, it's nice to see cultural appropriation is a two-way street. Jimmy Butler, you know, taking country music, taking Hall & Oates, and now taking overpriced coffee. He is like a hipster white dude. He should be playing for the Portland Trailblazers the way he's living. <laughs> Who knows? We'll see what happens with Miami. Uh, he may end up in Portland someday because Portland needs some help. I doubt it, but uh, yeah, Portland might be a good spot for him. A lot of baristas out there. Joel, I had a great time talking NBA playoff bubble hoops with you. This has been great. Uh, thank you very much, everyone who's been listening. Hope you've enjoyed it as well. Thanks, my man. Appreciate it, Walkowski. You got it. Always fun. See you soon. Ciao for now, everybody.